Welcome to the Elevate Your Running podcast with Sarah Manderscheid and Austin Myers. We are here to talk about all things running and life to elevate you, not only in training, but also in your personal journey and relationships. We believe in lifting others high and supporting you not just in training, but how to also help you maximize the life you want to live. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on all future episodes and leave a review through the platform in which you're listening. Your support helps us to continue to build a community of like-minded people who strive to elevate their body, mind, and spirit through running. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Elevate Your Running podcast. We are immersed in spring racing season. Um, we have many Elevate athletes who are racing this upcoming weekend. I guess when we release this episode, it'll be this past weekend in the Colorado Marathon. I've got my marathon coming up here uh, a month from today. So for all people who are racing at any distance, you are in the thick of it. You are hopefully heading into your taper and feeling strong, feeling confident, feeling excited above all else. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about how to maximize your approach to race day, the mindset and the physical considerations that you can have coming out of your peak of training and then into your taper into race week. And then the moment you've been waiting for race day. So Sarah, how is it going? Hi, Austin. It's going great. It's, uh, it's a great day. We have so many athletes racing this month. Like you said, it's spring, a lot of races. We have the Colorado marathon May 1st. So just a few days ago, and then we have uh, the Colfax marathon. We have the Buffalo marathon. I have some athletes who raced in the Providence marathon in Rhode Island on May 1st as well. Um, I'm racing, a 5k, um, here in a few days and all things racing. So it's fun. It's a great topic for today. I think it's very timely and I'm very, very excited to see how the elevate team and community show up in the month of May. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, racing is just part of the reason that we do this, but as you near the race and you start to reflect on all the hard work you put in and the focus that it's taken to get to this point, um, and then just the fact that it is um, such a good feeling to get to the starting line, feeling healthy, feeling confident. Uh, it's not always the case. So if you're an athlete and you're stepping to the starting line over the next few weeks and you're feeling good, embrace that and make the most of it. Um, and, you know, a lot of great things can come out of that feeling. Absolutely. It's a huge, huge, huge component to training and racing is showing up happy and healthy at the start line. And if your training cycle also supports that you are showing up super fit and super confident at the same time, I think that's bonus and something really special can be created on race morning. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's get started with our elevated moments and then we'll head right into our topic of the day and really try to get deep into, um, you know, how to approach race day. Sarah, what are your, uh, what's your elevated moment? And I know you have one to share for us as well. 
Yeah. So I love this elevated moment. It's from an athlete. Her name is Tracy and I've been working with her in person for a little over a year. And um, a few weeks ago, the team had um, a 20 minute tempo progression workout first week in taper. So it's a slightly shorter workout. Um, She's gearing up to run a half marathon. And she said to me afterwards, she said, Sarah, I've been working with you for a year. And when we first started working together, I remember the very first tempo effort I had, you wanted me to run a nine 30 pace. And it was like, it just felt actually a little too hard. And tonight I crushed an eight 30 pace at tempo. And I thought, heck yeah, what an elevated moment. So way to go, Tracy. It's the power of consistency. It's the power of showing up and training, running with a group too, I think is super beneficial and has a lot of positive, um, um, side effects, if you will, to your training, when you are showing up and running strong with other athletes, seeing them improve, you're pushing each other. A lot of great things can happen. Um, she ran a half marathon last spring and trained for a marathon last fall. She ran the Colfax marathon and now she just ran the Colorado half marathon. And I know she's eyeing a pretty fun marathon that's in December. Um, so I'm excited for her and seeing what she can create in 2022. So it's a great elevated moment from the athlete side of things. And then in terms of my elevated moment, what a great week. I have a dozen athletes who raced last week, so many race strategy calls, so many connection calls, so many text messages from athletes showing me their taper gains, i.e., all the carbo loading and, you know, their music selection, song playlists, and their outfits and all the things. And it just makes me feel so happy. And what a great win um, at the end of the day of, um, you know, having this amazing community that wants to share those things with their coach. They want to share it on Facebook and Instagram with the other Elevate athletes. And I've elevated or I've Elevate athletes um, who also came up to Fort Collins to support who are not racing. So it's just a beautiful community that's been created. And um, this last week to two weeks has been a really great reminder of that. So definitely a great win um, just from a per personal and professional standpoint of everything I want to create in life. Yeah. And I'm feeling that energy that, that you're receiving from your athletes <laughs> and um, you're putting it out you know, to me and to social media. Uh, and it just gets me even more excited to, you know, get to start working with athletes through um, Elevate Your Running coaching and, uh, you know, just just getting the opportunity to help people grow, develop, see the strength that they have. Um, I, I have a really good feeling about uh, what the fall race season is going to look like as we near fall marathons fall half marathons, whatever race you may be targeting in the fall. Sarah, I know you and I, as we talked about on last episode, we've got some big races that we're really eyeing. And, you know, the work that we're doing now is already with those races in mind. Um, so as an athlete, I'm extremely excited for, you know, the tail end of 2022. Um, but also as, you know, a new coach, I'm extremely excited to help athletes see that the work that we do now, the work that we do over the summer is going to yield amazing, positive results um, if we're consistent, if we're intentional. And I'm just excited to get going in that. 
I guess that could be my elevated moment. It is not. Um, <laughs> it definitely my, could be. I thought it was. Yeah. Um, my elevated moment is just being home. Abby and I uh, made it back to Kentucky safely. And that's really um, the big thing. I know, Sarah, you and I were talking about like how bad the winds have been and you're dealing with it today in, in Boulder. Um, <laughs> it's so windy. My car is moving while I was sitting in it. Like, And I drive a very heavy yeah. car. Like. Shouldn't so <laughs> we we dealt with some of those wins um you know a week ago when we were driving home uh so to to be able to make it home safely is obviously first and foremost but then just getting to be surrounded by family again uh just puts you in a really good peace of mind and um you know it just feels good so uh that's my elevated moment and now we can get into our topic of the day uh, like we said we're talking about a, maximizing your approach to race day and um, this idea came out of how many athletes you have racing here in the next week or two or, or a few weeks. And uh, with my marathon approaching, you know, that's really what we need to shift our focus to. We've hopefully optimized our training cycle. And now we want to be able to make the most of the taper time that we have. Um, and, you know, race day, once it gets here, uh, I guess I'm, I'm about four weeks out right now. So I was thinking about this. Um, you know, the idea, the mindset really behind it as we approach race day. And um, it's hard because I think that when we're not in it, we really put like a pedestal and peaking fitness levels on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that I'm at that point right now where my fitness is kind of peaking. But I will say like when you're in it, it's not as easy as it looks from the outside because you see the work that you put in to get there and the work can wear on you after 12 to 16 weeks of focus and intention. And, you know, just the, the toll that, you know, those hard efforts and those long efforts can take on your body. Um, so I think it's important as an athlete who's approaching a race to take a step back, assess where you're at, and reflect on the training cycle that was and I know that's where we want to start this conversation is all right you're you know two to four weeks out from your marathon what are you reflecting on and how are you going to use those reflections the strength the moments of you know weakness that you overcame how do you use those to build into that strong race absolutely it's a huge huge component um to training and you know creating something special while in taper, right? We have a little bit of extra time in taper and athletes are always pretty surprised once they get into it of how quickly their time just diminishes anyways. (laughs) Um, And one of the great pieces of the platform that we use, we use Final Surge, very similar to Training Peaks. And um, it's just an online running platform. So there's an area where athletes get to record their notes. And those are notes that are personal to them as a coach. I can also see those notes, but I need Austin and I need to like dig around and actually look for them. And, um, we really don't have time to do that. So don't worry athletes. If you're, if you're writing personal notes in there, I'm not reading them. Um, (laughs) 
And then there's also a great comment section where the coach and athlete get to have this great conversation together, but it's always my invitation to the athletes as they start to, you know, as we start to pull back on the training, um, or if they're maybe in a headspace where they need a little bit more of a confidence boost, um, as we're getting, you know, six, four, two weeks out from race day is going back and looking at all of the workouts and all of the long runs that were wins, right? What about those workouts where you nailed and that you were just so happy and so proud about maybe feeling a little apprehensive about it going in, maybe feeling, can I actually do this or thinking, can I actually do this before going into it? And then absolutely crushing the darn thing and like making it feel like, you know, you put the hard work in, you saw the results and that's amazing. I think another way that, or another thing to do is to definitely also highlight the areas that or the workouts that were tough, right? We've all had those workouts. How did you show up in that moment? Did you push through? Did you stop? Did you maybe walk for a little bit and then pick up running again? What were you saying to yourself in those moments? Create an elevated moment out of those tough moments. I think that's a great way to set yourself up for success too, um, in a way where, you know, you're feeling confident going into, into race day. So it's a big deal. I think it's, you know, training or final surge is, is basically like an online training journal and you get to go back and reflect on all of those workouts that went great and not so great. And that's always my invitation to athletes is record as much as possible. Or if you know, you're going to remember it. I had a great workout last week. I did mile, I did hard 200s, mile repeats, and I freaking crushed the darn thing. And I'm tooting my own horn right here because <laughs> I went into the workout, not a hundred percent sure if I could do it. And I leaned into effort and I, it happened and it was great. And I know that that is a gold star workout where I'm going to go back to that feeling when I'm racing a 5k, when I'm racing the half marathon, when I'm racing the marathon and things start to get tough, leaning into that workout where I maybe went into it a little bit apprehensive or cautious or concerned and like really excelled. Yeah. And it's, it's really about earned, not deserved. So, yeah. you know, we, we don't deserve the right to, you know, accomplish the goals of a workout and to really do a great job on a workout. We don't deserve the right to a PR or just a really good race. We earn that. Um, and we have to be able to recognize when we've put in the work and when we've earned the right to feel like just really proud of, you know, where we've gotten ourselves to. And, you know, I'm glad you highlighted the fact that we can reflect on those big workouts. I yeah, personally, great ones. personally love the marathon, you know, long runs, the marathon pace, long runs. And I think it's so important that, um, you know, as you approach those days, so, you know, it's a Thursday, it's a Friday and you know, your long runs every single Saturday, you need to feel a little bit different when you're going into that Saturday and you've got either, you know, a really long distance, long run, or you've got like a lot of miles at marathon pace that you need to hit. You need to feel different about that because you are simulating how it's going to look when you get to race day or race week. My plan tomorrow, mm -hmm. as we record on a Friday and I have a pretty long run tomorrow, I need to, I'm going to wake up not 
potentially the same exact time, but the same time frame before I'm going to step off to run will be the same time frame I have when I run the marathon on May 29th. I want to have X amount of time. I want to put um, certain nutrition in my body. And I want to begin to try to simulate what that is going to look like on race day so that when I go out tomorrow and I hit those miles and I feel good and it feels like nutrition's dialed in um, and, you know, I maybe play through certain scenarios in my head throughout the miles that I'm running. That's something I'm going to reflect on when I get into race week, but you have to create those situations. Mm -hmm. You don't just get to get to race week and say, wow, look <laughs> at what I did. If you weren't intentional enough to set up those situations, because you can't fool yourself when you get to race day, if you've, you know, and if this is part of your strategy, that's fine. But if you get to race day and, and you've walked um, certain intervals of a big workout, or um, maybe you just allowed the pace to slow down and you don't intend to let it slow down on race day, your body knows what you've trained it to do. You have mm -hmm. to be extremely focused towards the goal that you have and training your body to achieve that goal, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to get to race day and, you know, I deserve to be here. Now you yeah. earned the right to step to that start line and give it all you have out there. Yeah. The marathon doesn't owe anyone anything, right? We could apply that to a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K, a mile race. Like, just because you got to train and show up on race day does not guarantee any sort of results. Training and race day are not linear, just like life, right? Life is not linear. We go through peaks and valleys. Same is true on race day, but I love what you said, Austin, about simulating race morning. I also do that myself. It's a big, big big confidence booster. If you can simulate getting on the road, starting your run around the same time as, as the race start, um, simulating waking up and eating breakfast beforehand and making sure you're dialed in with that. Um, you know, that you're, you're waking up and doing all the things that you would on race morning. It's a huge, huge piece to showing up strong on race day. And why not? Right. We talk about things that we can control things that we can't control on race day, you can absolutely control your schedule and get that dialed in and feel really good versus winging it and hoping that because you've been running all your long runs in the afternoon, that your morning breakfast is going to work well with your stomach when you have a 6.30 a.m. start time on marathon day. Yeah. Thanks. And I'm, uh, I'm listening to an audio book right now that I definitely recommend to people. It's, um, Tim Grover's winning and Tim Grover was mm. the trainer for uh, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, among many other oh. athletes. And he talks about having um, non-negotiables and basically the fact that the non-negotiables that you set have to be things that are entirely in your control. And I know we've talked yep. about controllables um, on mm -hmm. this podcast many times. You need to create non-negotiable actions with yourself. Um, both in training and as you lead into race day that basically say, if I can control it, I'm going to control it. But it's also extremely important to be able to recognize what you cannot create as a non-negotiable because right. you can't say it's a non-negotiable that I'm going to go out and run this marathon in perfect temperatures. It's not right. something <laughs> you can control, right? So, you know, what can you do? Identify the controllable factors that you have 
hopefully this is something that you're reflecting on. Like what did you, or did you not control throughout your training cycle, especially on those long run days, those speed workout days where you felt like you really needed to show up and you know, what can you make a non negotiable because it's something that's entirely in your control. Don't get lost in the things that you can't control because you don't have to control everything, but if you can control the things that set you up for success, then you are, you know, you're at least winning the battle that will hopefully help you to win the war on race day. Absolutely. And we can all like have, we have so much to learn and to grow from, from each race. Right. So we can look back and say, Hey, you know, I didn't maybe run my best, but the weather was also a huge factor. Well, we can't really control the weather, right. But we can control our mental mindset and how we're showing up that day. So the things that I love to talk to the elevate athletes about on things that we can control are our process goals for taper, right? Like let's focus in on sleep and hydration and the mental strength, going back into the running journal, highlighting the wins, highlighting the struggles, highlighting the workouts that were tough, but maybe you eased into it or you have elevated moments or ways that you grew as an athlete because of that. Um, we want to control the outfit. We want to control the shoes, the hydration, the nutrition at goal pace, like all of those things. And, and if you're a newer runner and maybe even a veteran runner, like not just doing it once, like why not simulate that with every goal pace workout that you have? Like if, if you're one of my athletes or one of our athletes, like you are getting goal pace work in your long runs more than once in a training cycle. So like you have the opportunity to win, you have the opportunity to fail, you have the opportunity to grow and learn from it. You know, we shared your story, Austin, about your first goal pace long run, where it was just, you know, maybe you didn't put enough emphasis into that morning and what you needed to do to set yourself up for success. And it didn't exactly turn out the way that you wanted it to, but you have then since crushed your long runs and your workouts and really have it dialed in. Yeah. It makes you realize the importance of, you know, taking advantage of everything that you can um, and just understanding, you know, that the feelings that you have going into some of these runs uh, you may feel a little bit anxious, nervous, Maybe you're a little bit scared of, you know, what's going to happen over those uh, two to three hours that you're out there on a long training run. And you're going to feel those same feelings going into race day because mm -hmm. you want to perform. You want to be able to cross that finish line and feel good about the, you know, the effort that you gave, the result that you achieved. So you're going to get a little bit nervous. Take advantage of that. Do not push it down. Um, yeah. Really you know, that's, that's what you've got to live for. You've got to live for those, those feelings because, um, they are not negative when you can, you know, really take advantage of them, um, and, and use them to kind of heighten your senses and heighten your awareness of, of what you need to do to succeed. Um, they're of great benefit to you. So really, you know, allow your emotions to fuel you, um, mm -hmm. not, not, you know, slow you Def down. Definitely. Definitely. So the very first question we ask our athletes on race strategy calls, how are you doing? How are you feeling? That's always my first question. And, um, I'm looking for certain words, right? I'm looking for a balance. I'm looking for excitement, happy, but I'm also looking for like nervous, maybe a little scared. 
Um, I feel like that's totally normal. Having that balance is very, very healthy. And I think if anything, if you're having more of those nerves on race morning, it's because you care. And that's a really good thing because if you're going into a race caring, you're probably going to be pushing a little bit harder than the athlete who doesn't really care at all. And maybe walking or doing something, you know, doing yeah. something where they're not setting their up themselves up for success in the way that they could do it, doing something that's, you know, against what they said they were going to do yeah. 12 weeks ago, 16 weeks ago. Like when we sign up for these races, oh man, we feel good. Like we're, we're going to go out there. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're on a Boston marathon high yeah. signing up for three marathons. <laughs> exactly. And you know, that's great. Like that is an amazing feeling. Yeah. but it means nothing if you don't put in the work, um, in the weeks that lead up to the race. And if you're not prepared come race day. Um, so yeah, like emotions are a great thing, but if you don't use them correctly, they can certainly be detrimental to performance and mindset. Absolutely. Mindset is such a huge, huge piece to racing, taper, training, all the things. Um, I've spoken to all of the athletes on the team about the strengths of mental, of mental toughness and how to do it and how to practice it for just a few minutes, each, each training run and how important it is and how trainable it is. So if you're really struggling with it, you know, feel free to reach out. I have a great presentation on it. Um, I think it might actually be public on YouTube. Um, and it's a great way to like, just start the stepping stones to move forward into being a stronger, happier, healthier runner, mind, body, and soul, which is the biggest component uh, to racing as being strong in, in, in all areas. Yeah. So Sarah, I'll kind of let you kick us off, you know, moving into this next step of optimizing our approach to race day. Um, you did mention your race strategy calls, and I believe that in the past, you've said you like to have those race strategy calls early on in taper. Am I correct? Yeah, definitely. I love having them early on in taper. I think it's um, it's nice for the athlete to have the conversation with me. It's a great confidence boosting conversation. We talk about how are they doing? How are they feeling? Let's talk through you know, the weather as of right now of what's going on, we can continue to look at it as all of us do continuously throughout the day, every day until race day. Um, but if it shifts, you know, considerably, we'll have another quick conversation to kind of shift some, some, um, goals around, but some outcome goals around, but we talk about the weather, we talk about their outfit. We talk about process goals, which are huge mentioned earlier in this podcast, like, let's talk about the ways that you're going to set yourself up for success between now and race day. The last thing I want to do is talk to an athlete two days before race day and find out that they've actually been doing a lot of extra hiking and doing all this extra stuff on their taper. Like that would be awful. I don't want them doing that. So setting, setting the tone early in the taper of resting is really great. I know you've been running a lot, but resting is awesome. These are the benefits to it. This is how you can also fill your cup. Let's focus in on some other hobbies, get back to making connections with friends and family or some other things that have taken a backseat to training. Um, and so we talk through process goals, hydration, sleep, nutrition, mental, it's all there. And the athlete gets to choose what they want to focus in on. Sleep is usually the biggest one, right? It's the number one recovery tool as close to eight hours as possible each night, knowing that the night before race 
morning, you're probably not sleeping a whole lot, right? Um, so if you're setting yourself up for success, the, you know, the two weeks leading up to it, hopefully the whole training cycle, but let's be real, like we're humans, things happen. Um, it's going to be really, really great for you. We then go through outcome goals, which are, how do you want to show up on the course? Let's talk about a strategy. Let's look at the course. Let's figure out the, the appropriate way to chunk up this race, whether it's, you know, a 5k, 10k half or full. And, um, let's go through some different scenarios of what you are currently like in really great shape. If all things are aligned, we control what we can control. And then the things that we don't control are actually coming in on our favor. Let's talk about that. A goal. Let's talk about that pace. And then from there we go into a B goal, which is more of, Hey, maybe something happens on course. Maybe we're not showing up as strong. Maybe, there's something going on. Like, let's have another, uh, goal. That's very realistic. And then there's always the gratitude goal that I talk to the athletes about of, you know, some days just aren't our days and that's okay. Um, it's the universe's way of giving us uh, time to grow and learn as athletes, knowing we're going to come back stronger the next time around. And let's be grateful for healthy legs and lungs and the ability to race. And then we'll regroup and, um, and have a strategy moving forward. So we do that. We talk about, um, fueling, we talk about carbo loading, we talk about race morning and how that looks, um, especially for, you know, the Colorado marathon athletes, the Boston athletes. Oh gosh, there were so many questions just from a lot of people on Instagram that I don't coach about how do I structure Boston marathon fueling? Because the race starts on Eastern time far later than any other race. And how do you do that when you're waking up at five, 6 AM Eastern time, but maybe not starting the race until 11 or 1130. How do you do that and set yourself up for success? Um, so we talk through that and how that all works and what the athlete feels comfortable with. We talk about hydration on course. We talk about fueling on course eating the gels at what point they want to be taking gels and just having a plan. So they feel set up for success. They also get this in notes that are um, sent to them and they get to review it and strategize it. And I love having this call early on in taper, not only to prevent them from doing too much in taper and having that conversation with them, but also um, giving them time to start to visualize all of this, have it soak in. Let's talk about the things that maybe they're not thinking about either. Like the Colorado marathon team, you know, throw away clothes, gloves. You're not seeing spectators until mile 17. So congratulations. You're running just solo for 17 miles, which, you know, everyone who's run a marathon knows how fast they go by, or at least in my opinion, they go by pretty fast. And, um, and I think it's going to be a really great time and was a great time for them. Um, but just going through all the little nuances of each race to make sure that the athlete is feeling supported, lifted high and has a strategic plan in place. So they are set up for success, right? Controlling everything that we can control. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about it from the athlete's perspective, number one, because I haven't had that coaching experience just yet. And also um, because, you know, I am nearing a race right now. Um, yeah. and I think it's important that we view ourselves in two ways, um, especially as we're getting closer to race day, maybe we're getting close to that final big long run and we want to simulate race day. Um, you have to view yourself as, you know, equal parts like the scientist and the case study. 
So you have to be willing to, you know, implement the practice that you hope will, will help you to feel good on the course. And then you also have to be able to observe how did I feel? Um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently with paces um, in running some of my recent workouts. I'm like, okay, this pace is the pace where I'm going to bonk <laughs> at mile <laughs> 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever. And just understanding like, okay, you know, cause once you get to race you know day, that. right. You have to, you have to internalize it beforehand because once you get to race day, all logic can get thrown out the window in a lot of situations. You are just ready to run through a brick wall, but it's not that easy to run through a brick wall. So you have to be very careful and calculated with the approach that you're going to take into it. So I think yes. it's important from the athlete's perspective, like these are thoughts going through my head right now. We are probably two to two and a half weeks out from our race strategy call. Um, and I want to have some of those thoughts in my mind. I want to be educated on myself to the point that I can, you know, have those discussions with you. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, there's a situation where I want to advocate for certain things. Maybe you advocate for certain things because you're doing your own study of this. Um, but we have to think about it that deeply. And I yeah. know sometimes, sometimes it's really easy to get lost in the approach of like, it's not that serious. Well, okay. If it's, <laughs> if it's not that serious, that's fine. But like, if it's not that serious, you're probably not having a coach and you're probably not like really excited for the race. Take it right. seriously. Absolutely. Sarah, how you do one thing is how you do everything. <laughs> I know. So take it seriously. Very true. Very true. And I really appreciate that because I, I feel like you're a very mature athlete, Austin, like not everyone has a good understanding of their body and thinks through the paces while they're in workouts of, is this something that I can hold? Um, is this, is this my bonk, uh, pace? Um, how am I going to start to simulate, um, the pace on the course and like starting to visualize the finish line and things like that. I think it's really strong. It's really powerful to do that in training. And then when I get on these calls with athletes and they are already, you know, they're very excited, but they've already been thinking about the things that you just mentioned. It's amazing because then we have an even deeper conversation of, of knowing you, you know, your body, I'm looking at the data and what you've done and knowing what you're capable of. So let's figure out the best way to set you up for success. And more times than not, I would say you're probably going to be running a stronger race than most because of that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was originally talking about it from the perspective of like, it's really easy to go out way too fast and, and you can bonk in that situation, but tell me about it. I, I know you, <laughs> I know you mentioned Sarah, a story, um, from a 10 K you ran in the past year and how you look down at your watch, you know, what three or four miles into the race. And you're like, Whoa, like we're going too fast. But if you've thought about it ahead of time, you can maybe get yourself in that situation to where, no, we're not running too fast. I've done this mm -hmm. before. This was a part of the plan that we've already set. Um, because you know, before the race, you're ready to run through a brick wall, but mid race, when it starts to hurt a little bit, the emotions and the feelings of what you should be doing out on the course can change very quickly. Um, so, you know, just don't get too high, but also don't get too low on yourself, um, leading up to the race and throughout the race, because, um, it's going to, 
go back and forth out there for sure. Absolutely. It, that's a great, great comment. And um, leaning into effort, leaning into your athleticism, it's a huge component, understanding your body and knowing yourself too. Um, I'm a big, uh, as an athlete, I love looking at my watch to see what pace I'm running <laughs> and I do it in races and I did it in a recent track workout. And every, every single time it's the universe saying, stop looking at this, lean into your effort, trust yourself. You can run a lot faster than you think you can. And it's always fun to see at, afterwards what comes through. Um, and, and really knowing that and believing in that. So, um, another takeaway. So, so let's progress. We are in taper. We've had our race strategy call. We are now entering race week. Um, I know one consideration that we'll definitely highlight is sleep seven, eight, nine. If you can find 10 hours, get 10 hours of sleep. Um, and it's definitely the truth that like, mm -hmm. you know what, if you're starting to look at your your watch, or maybe you're just struggling to sleep the night before a race, realize that if you've gotten that sleep in the previous nights, um, a little bit less sleep the night before a race is not going to make or break anything. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's okay. Like it's going to happen. We're all human. And like we said earlier, if we're really excited for something, uh, we may struggle to sleep the night before. <laughs> uh, funny story. My first uh, marathon in November, we, uh, we were in Indianapolis and we were going to go out to eat with my family before, uh, before I went back to the hotel and went to sleep. And so we go out at like 7 PM, right. Uh, yeah. to the city of Indianapolis where they're running a marathon the next day, which, you know, no one at the restaurants realized that there was a marathon going on the next day. For whatever <laughs> reason. I guess they just get that busy every single weekend, but, um, no I, day. I, I ate dinner at like 10 PM. It took oh that long. It took that long to, to get a table, to get food. I mean, it was just like the absolute biggest train wreck you can imagine as far <laughs> as, you know, preparing for a marathon the night before. But I didn't like it to me because I knew no matter what happens when I wake up in the morning, no matter how much sleep I got the night before, I know exactly step-by-step step what I'm doing before yep. I step off from the start line. Um, and I wasn't going to let it stop me from executing the things that I could control. Um, and in that moment, like maybe three hours before, could I have controlled not going out to eat at that restaurant or in the city? Yes, I could have controlled it, but I didn't control it. Um, so it was a situation that I, I then had to make the most of. And we did. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a big deal at all. Dinner was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a few things here. Um, one, I'm really glad that you shifted back into, okay, this wasn't ideal because things are going to pop up on race week and race weekend that are just simply out of our control and not even thinking about it until it's happening in the moment, like making dinner reservations at 7 PM, but not actually eating until 10. Right. But you'd practiced your race morning so often that you knew exactly what you needed to do when you waked up, when you woke up for success, step-by-step step, and made it, you know, successful for you. And it didn't phase you. Now I'm taking 
at least a dozen people. I have a dozen people signed up, a dozen athletes so far from the Indianapolis Marathon um, this year in 2022. So if anyone wants to go, reach out to me. Um, I am, I don't know if I can officially say this, but maybe I should wait, but I am taking a group and it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, we're definitely doing 5 p.m. dinner reservations now. So thank you for. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe just. Maybe just not the heart of the city, you know, yeah. like, like we had a we'll great hotel, we had a great hotel location. So it was really easy to, uh, walk to dinner. Um, yeah. and it, it was just a busy, busy evening, but that's yeah. all in the past, but well, you know, I would love to share this just quick tip because. Um, your first marathon, you made dinner reservations, had dinner three hours later for my first marathon, did not even think to make dinner reservations. And in Sacramento, it was, as you could imagine, just chaos. And we actually ended up, I think, going to a pizza place and getting pizza by the slice because we could not find anything like no open availability for anything. And of course I was like spiraling, right? Like first marathon. And, um, so moral of that story is plan ahead or hire an elevate coach who can plan ahead for you. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and just understand that like when something, um, feels like it's going wrong, that does not negate everything else that you've done leading up to that moment. And it will yeah. not, it will not, um, take away the power that you have to then control, um, you know, those non-negotiables moving forward. So, you know, I knew that going into my first marathon, I was ready to run. Um, you know, me eating a late dinner that night did not negate the fact that I was in shape and ready to go. And that it did not also did not take away the power that I had to make the most of the race morning into the race day. So, um, don't get into your head too much. Just enjoy it. Like, um, I I enjoyed the experience. It's something we laugh about now and, um, was not a big deal, but other things that we want to talk about for race week, um, Sarah, I'll let you kind of go. What do you advise athletes for, um, heading into race week? And especially as you near those, like, uh, two, three days out. Absolutely. So definitely sleep, right? Sleep number one. Hydration. If you're running a marathon, let's get in the electrolytes. Let's bump up the sodium intake a few days before. Let's do the infamous carbo loading. <laughs> like, let's set yourself up for success in that way. Um, studies have shown that if you are the exact same runner running the exact same course, but runner A has carbo loaded the right way and carb and runner two has not carbo loaded. Runner A is going to run, if you're based off of a three-hour marathon, six minutes faster than runner B, which is amazing. And it's not just saying, oh yeah, I'm eating a lot of carbs. Like, let's be intentional with this. Like, let's actually track it if that's something that's going to support you and not actually like be a negative thing because food can have its own negative neurotones there. So if that's something that's not going to trigger you, like let's track that and really see where you're, you're lining up. Um, I know moving into, I think it was, um, I don't actually know what race this was for maybe Boston, 
like thinking I was eating enough and doing enough. But when I actually started to track it, it's like, Oh, wait a second. I am way under what I really want to be at. So definitely honing in on the carbs and making sure that you're eating the right carbs. You're timing them the right way. Um, you're drinking enough. That is huge. And then also like, you know, start getting out your race kit and, getting out everything that you need. The last thing you want to be doing the night before a race is remembering that you need like throwaway gloves, or maybe you have like, you need one extra gel or (laughs) like just little things that are going to cause stress. Why don't do that to yourself? Like let's plan ahead for race week. And then also just trying to create some space in your schedule, um, to allow yourself to just relax and be, and have some time for you and to reflect, on, you know, what's ahead and start to visualize, um, race day. And, and Sarah, what is the number that you typically prescribe for, um, a carbohydrate load? Yeah. So I've seen this a few different ways. Um, and what I've been recently advising is three to 5.5 grams of carbs per pound of body weight. So a lot of registered dietitians will give kilos, which then you get to do this fancy little math conversion, which I can do. But I think just for simplicity reasons, like leaning into that and, um, it can be a lot. If you are, let's say you're a 175 pound athlete and you're going to lean a little bit heavier on the carb side of like maybe five grams of carbs, like that's leaning into what, like 800. Um, it's a lot, but I also have some really great, um, meals and snacks and ideas to set you up for success to get to that point. Gatorade is great. Juices are great fruit. Um, you want to start to reduce the fiber intake a few days or a day before you want to start to reduce the fat intake. You want to keep your protein levels the same, and then you just want to replace, you know, the fat that you're not eating and increase your calorie intake to get the carbs that you need. Now, if you're gaining three to five pounds during taper, perfect. That's exactly what you should be doing. You're eating a lot of carbohydrates. You're storing a lot of energy. You're going to be carrying around a little bit of extra water weight too. That's okay. That's normal. And it means that you're doing it right. And if anything, you're probably going to show up feeling on cloud nine on race morning. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you, you did the math there. I, I did the math about a week ago on, you know, what that may look like for me. Um, and considering, you know, practicing that carbohydrate load, going into a long run that I'll probably have here in a week or two, um, kind of simulating that like in the days that lead up. So we're talking about preparing for the practice of, yeah. of a long run. And, um, I was looking at those numbers and yeah, it was, it was around 700 grams of carbs. If we're falling in that 3.5 to five ish range per yeah. um, pound. And it's a lot, but like you said, we're lowering fat. So that's going to um, allow us to digest some of those carbohydrates a little bit easy, uh, more easily. And then and I think in a better way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to, you know, understand that carbs come from a lot of things. So you can get carbs from Gatorade. If you don't typically drink Gatorade, that's fine. Um, but, you know, maybe this is a good time to drink a 12 to 16 ounce Gatorade if it's going to help you get closer to that carbohydrate um, Mm -hmm. level that you're aiming for. I know for me, uh, I love like dried fruit. 
Yeah. So dried fruit, something that you can easily have on hand um, and snack on throughout the day. Um, and, you know, don't, don't expect that you're going to be able to eat 400 grams of carbs at dinner. <laughs> like you just can't do it. <laughs> you can't. Um, and if you, if you do it, it may not feel great. So like find a way to um, hit your nutritional goals, especially on race week um, in a way that you're still going to feel good. Like you don't want to yeah. have stomach ache the entire week leading up to the race. Um, find foods that digest easily for you, find foods that you enjoy mm -hmm. and just make the most of being able to eat those because they're going to help you perform come race day. Yeah. And make it fun, right? Coconut water is a great um, way to get some extra carbohydrates in and electrolytes. Um, and my invitation is uh, to drink full, like regular Gatorade, if that's what they call it, the Gatorade zero or like the diet quote unquote sports drinks that still have the electrolytes, maybe some carbs. If it has the artificial, artificial sweeteners in it, it may upset your stomach. So try and just get away from that and drink full fledged Gatorade or Gator light, I think is something I, I drank a few weeks ago for the first time, which I thought it was brand new, but apparently posting it on Instagram and asking if this is a new thing, uh, dated me because it's been out for a while. So shows you how often I shop at a gas station. So, um, so those are all ways to set yourself up for success, but yeah, make it fun, track it, make sure each of your meals and snacks include, um, include carbohydrates like bobo bars are great. Like everyone on the elevate team loves bobo bars and dried fruit, fruit snacks, um, bagels, pasta, pizza, fruit. Um, so many great options. Rice is awesome. Um, and just have fun with it. Yeah. And the nutritional side, it's really important because sometimes our mindset can really inhibit, um, what we do nutritionally. And just understanding that like you are eating to fuel performance and you're eating to fuel performance that not everyone is doing here in the next week or few days. Like if you're around people um, who aren't eating dried fruit as a snack throughout the day and things like yeah. that, you need um, to, you know, do things that other people are not doing. If you want to go out there on race day and perform to a level that number one, you have not before but also that potentially other people are not. Absolutely. Do what others can't. I'm going to botch this. It was in my mind as you were talking and I nailed it. <laughs> Austin just fist pumped. <laughs> I know I know what it is, but I'll let you try. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and then you can come in and save the day. Okay, yeah. so do what others can't. No, do what <laughs> others won't so you can do what they can't. Yes. There you go. Yes. Now, if I could just say it confidently, anyways, you guys know what I'm talking about. Austin, yeah. would you like to repeat that? <laughs> do what others won't so you can do what others can't. can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like, um, and, and it just basically means that you are willing to look a little bit deeper into what you need to do to prepare. Um, it's, it's not even like that 1% better. It's like that 0.01% better. That's what we're looking for, yeah. especially as we enter race week. Um, so make the most of it and enjoy it. And like I said earlier, you know, it's really easy to glorify that moment, uh, before you get there. Yeah. Um, but it does kind of require 
when you're in race week, stress may be a little bit higher. And that's not something we always consider um, from the outside looking in. But, you know, just because your running volumes down does not mean that stress won't be higher than ever. And honestly, your stress might be higher than ever because your running volumes down. So um, understanding that that is a potential factor and, and just being willing to kind of step back, like, you know, journal consistently for the 14 days that you're on taper. Maybe you don't journal 365 days a year, um, but find little practices like that, that allow you to just appreciate um, the situation that you're in, because it's a very fortunate situation to care so deeply about something like going out and running a marathon. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay if you are running a marathon and, and want to, you know, your goal is to have fun and to finish it. That's okay too. Um, but I still think you can set yourself up for success. So you can have the most fun that you want to have on the course and finish it feeling strong, which is always the goal for anyone that I coach finishing the race strong. So you get to celebrate it. You get to take in race day. It's a big celebration of you, your hard work, the training that you've put in the commitment, um, the consistency and, um, and just having a fun, fun day on the, on the course. Yeah. So let's talk about race morning a little bit, and then we'll kind of, um, conclude by talking about, you know, what, what you can make of those hours that you're out there on the course. Um, Sarah, what do you typically look for or advise athletes on, uh, for race morning, or maybe even just what are your experiences with race morning? Yeah. Um, race morning has all the feels, right. Um, it just feels so great. And, um, you know, making sure that you're setting yourself up for success with eating and, um, doing all the things that you need to do, giving yourself enough time to get to the bus area. If, if you're taking a bus to the start, um, having everything that you need, if you have a bag to check things like that, throwaway clothes, um, going through, you know, I usually will have a power song that I play. I also warm up before a marathon. Um, yeah, shocker. I have a power song. So, um, you know, listening to a song that really gets me dialed in to racing and the confidence and getting into that mindset, um, really, really, you know, also having fun and saying hi to other runners, I think is a big component to it and talking to other runners, especially if you're on a bus with them, that's usually a really great time to meet new people and, you know, hear how their training has gone and, um, what they're, what they're wanting to do on the course and how long they've been running and all those great things. Um, but warming up, making sure you're doing it in an appropriate amount of time. So you still have time to go and use the restroom. If you need to, to line up and not feel super rushed, having a gel five to 10 minutes before race start is always my go-to. And it's now what, uh, most of my athletes do before racing. And that makes me feel really good because I don't think a lot of people do that. And it's not something that people think about, but if you're waking up and eating breakfast at four 30 and you're racing, you know, at six 30 or seven or something like that, like if your stomach's feeling good, why not top it off with like a gel to start the race? Like why not? Um, so that's always my little secret weapon before going into, um, into racing. And it's a lot of fun, but having my playlist, everyone knows I love listening to music or most people know that. And, um, 
having my playlist ready to go, my watch ready to go, mindset dialed in, um, smiling, saying thank you to the volunteers. I think that's a huge component because without the volunteers, there would be no races. Like that's just a fact. So let's say thanks for to them and give them praise for the time and effort that they're putting in um, to help the race morning be successful. And, and then the race begins. Yeah. Allow yourself to be hyper aware, like just mm-hmm. live that, that time so fully. Um, be present for sure. Absolutely. And um, it's a great feeling. And I do think it's important like, yeah, race morning, I will listen to music. Um, I never listen to music when I run. I definitely don't listen to it when I race, but um, like I listen to it, you know, as I'm kind of doing some mobility work before heading out to do, to do warm ups. And I think it's important to understand, like, get yourself in the right mindset because this is quite literally a marathon, not a sprint. So don't get yourself, you know, too fired up to where you are just, burn burn through everything that you have um as far as mental energy before the race even starts so stay calm um and i think that sometimes you know talking to people or just expressing um gratitude is a great way to kind of stay calm and mm-hmm. um conserve some energy and and stay present um and just make sure that you know everything that you're doing on race morning is going towards either your performance or just your appreciation and your um, you know, eventual recollection of, of what that day is. Absolutely. Those are all great takeaways and great suggestions. And I think anytime that we can lean into the gratitude side and just be, you know, calm our nerves, talk to other people and make that connection. That's a huge piece to it too. Uh, fun little thing here. What's your pre-race meal, Sarah? Uh, the night before the morning of morning of for a marathon. Yeah, sure. Or half. I guess it's kind yeah. of the same. Yeah. Um, I usually will go with a bowl of gluten-free oatmeal, banana, and a little bit of nut butter. And then I take a gel, you know, five to 10 minutes before I'm usually eating that meal about 90 minutes before, but in the, in the morning, I have a pretty decent stomach where I can eat close to the race start and feel okay, which is a great thing that I hope I can continue doing. Um, what's yours? Um, I either go with a Bobo's bar or, Mm. uh, an English muffin. Um, I can't say, I don't believe that in November I did nut butter. I do believe that I probably will, um, both in my practice tomorrow morning and also on race day. Uh, and then I'll do a banana And then actually, instead of the gel, I do, um, like I'll just sip on a carbohydrate drink. Oh, nice. Um, so I'll have like two scoops of a carbohydrate drink. So like, for example, it's, um, if it's like tailwind, which is a brand, um, it's 25 grams of carbs per scoop. So you've got 50 grams of carbs in the bottle. Now, am I going to drink that whole thing before the race? Probably not, but just to be sipping on it, um, Mm -hmm. as I finish my warm up and I'm about to start the race that will, you know, impact, like, it's just topping, like you said, topping things off. Um, and I just prefer doing that, um, with, you know, a carbohydrate drink. So I'm getting in a little bit of water as well. And I like to, I like to save the gels. I find that I kind of have a limit on how many gels (laughs) I can take in a day. So I don't like to use it before the race. Fair. 
Fair. Um, you know, I've recently switched around my nutrition on course and I'm aligning with a different brand for that very reason or different brands, trying to train my stomach on different gels, which I think is a really smart thing to do for any athlete to know that you can take quite a few different brands if you want to. But I love that you take, um, you know, that you have a carbohydrate drink. I know Morton makes one that some people use while they race, which is smart. And, um, you know, do what's do what's right for you. Right. Like I had a race strategy call with an athlete, um, and found out that he consumed way more before the start of a race than any athlete I've ever heard of. And yet he runs incredibly strong and it doesn't upset his stomach. So like one, you get to train your stomach to, to be able to take in as much fuel as you want. And two, also know that it, this is like a personal preference thing, right? Like everyone is different. Sometimes I'll take a honey stinger waffle before a gluten-free cinnamon one. They're delish. Um, right before the start of a race, um, versus a gel or doing something like that to mix it up. So knowing what works for you, practicing it during your long runs is a huge, huge, huge benefit to you on race morning. And, you know, as long as you're having more of carbo, you're eating more carbohydrates, a little bit of fat, very, very, if to like no protein, right. We don't really want protein. Um, I guess there's a little bit in the nut butter, but like keeping that aligned, um, those macros aligned should set you up for success. Yeah. And, um, as we were talking about the race morning stuff, this is so random, but, uh, the 2004 Olympics, they ran it at like 6 PM Eastern time in Athens. Yeah. So like, imagine having to go throughout your day and figure out, okay, 6 PM, like I need to be able to be at the top of my game. Like, oh my gosh, I would never run a 6 PM marathon. <laughs> Well, I would imagine one extremely difficult and two, I wonder and bet that they practiced that time in their training schedule. So like, as we practice, like waking up to run at 6 30 AM, like I, they were practicing to run later and training their stomach to do that. But what a nightmare, Austin, you and I've talked about how <laughs> running later in the day is just not great for us. And, yeah. you know, we're both morning runners for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, this has been a good conversation. I I'm really glad that we had it, uh, here in this, you know, as we're in the middle of spring race season, um, definitely excited to see how all of the athletes do in the Colorado marathon this upcoming weekend. Um, and then moving forward as well. It's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. You know, we're recording this before the athletes race, but as everyone's listening to this, they've already raced and I know they're already going to crush it. I, um, everyone is so fit right now, which makes me like feel so good and also really miss that marathon fit feeling. So, um, excited to get back to it and excited to see how all the athletes, um, race this month and know that if you're racing a fall race or running a fall race, you know, training, if you've already started a really great aerobic base of easy miles starts like June 1st all the way through maybe July 1st, if you're running in November. So if you have not started training, if you have not started your consistency and your easy runs and getting things starting, starting to dial things in now is the time to do it. Life is now training can start now jump right in. This is already May 3rd. So, I mean, it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. 
And um, we definitely want to, you know, share elevated moments. So we encourage that you connect with us through social media and you can also send your elevated moments to elevate your running podcast at gmail.com. We love to share wins from the community, both of our athletes, uh, as well as anyone who's listening to our podcast. So uh, please do that for us. And then also rate, comment, subscribe on the platform that you're listening to this podcast through helps us to expand our reach to connect with more people and to continue to build uh, an amazing running and life community. Uh, If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can find me at Austin Myers 12 on Instagram, Sarah. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sarah, S-A-Y-R-A-H runs happy and at elevate your running. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been amazing. Please rate, subscribe, give us all the kudos if you like what you're hearing. Um, And we'd love to share your elevated moments next week. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon.